Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are to HubSpotters across the globe. And thank you for joining us today. My name is Winston Tuggle. I am a director of HR Business Partnerships here at HubSpot, and I am very excited to be moderating the session today with Allison Watson. So welcome, Allison. Allison is a phenomenal, phenomenal leader who has built a platform that's innovating the way employers address mental health in the workplace. She's, she's truly changing the game. She built Modern Health to become one of the fastest growing startups. And as a quick fun fact, Allison also happened to attend the same high school as me and we overlapped a little bit. So we previously had a connection. Um, so welcome, Allison. Um, Thank you. For those of you who don't know, we launched a partnership with Modern Health back in January. Uh, and Modern Health is a mental wellness platform that provides all of you, so all HubSpotters, uh, access to a full spectrum of resources ranging from digital courses and meditations uh, to a network of certified coaches and licensed therapists. The platform combines well-being assessments based on best practices, personalized stress management support, an international network of certified coaches and licensed therapists available in 35 languages to deliver wellness across a broad range of individual needs. Uh, Modern Health empowers employers to lead the charge in acknowledging that mental health is just as important as physical health, destigmatizing coaching and therapy, and increasing accessibility and mental health services for all. So Allison, a little about, a bit about her, and I'm sure she's going to tell us a lot more, but prior to starting Modern Health, she held leadership roles, including health industry strategy consulting at PwC. She worked at a couple of digital health companies. Um, she graduated from Johns Hopkins University with a degree in global environmental change and sustainability. She's been named to the Forbes 30 under 30 and Fortune 40 under 40 list. Allison, I think I'm giving away your age a little bit. So apologies for that. Yeah. Um, and so I, it doesn't mention this, but also she's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at Johns Hopkins, you were a lacrosse player. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So please join me in welcoming Allison Watson. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Winston. Winston, thank you so much for the kind introduction. Super excited to be here, everyone. I was telling Winston I was having dreams about HubSpot last night. So needless to say, I'm excited for this conversation and excited to be here with all of you today. Love it. Orange dreams. <laughs> um, so before we dive into our questions, we just want to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, mind if I jump into some rapid fire questions just to kick us off? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Um, all right, so it's in a this or that format. So summer or winter? Summer, for sure. Summer, okay. I'm with you on that. Uh, morning person or night owl? I mean, it's 8 a.m. here, so I should say morning person, but I'm definitely a night owl. I all like right. to pretend I'm a morning person, but I'm a night owl for sure. We'll remember that. We'll give you a little bit of empathy <laughs> knowing that you're not a morning person. It's 8 a.m. where you are. Uh, dog or cat? Dog. I have a dog. I have a golden retriever named Baloo. Um, so definitely a dog person. All right. Cool. Great. Uh, hopefully uh, Blue pops in the screen at some point. Uh, <laughs> music or television? Uh, music. I actually, um, I'm trying to learn to DJ. I'm terrible, but I love music. So yeah, definitely a music person. Okay. Do you have an artist of choice right now? Um, oh man. Uh, Big Wild, I'd say is, is my favorite. Big Wild, I'm sure. Big Wild, he's actually from Boston area. So yeah, check him out. It's pretty good. All right, cool, cool. Reading or writing? Uh, writing. Writing, okay. Uh, two more, lake or ocean? Ocean, for sure. Definitely a big You were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <East> coaster. <laughs> East Coaster, gotta love the beach, yeah. Exactly. Uh, coffee or tea? Oh, uh, man, that's tough. 
I'll say coffee. I actually never drink coffee until I started Modern Health and now I drink a lot of coffee. So <laughs> became a coffee person pretty quickly. That makes sense. When you're the founder and CEO of a billion dollar <laughs> company, I think you should uh, drink as much coffee as you need. Need some to. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. So, well, um, thank you for answering those quick questions. Let's just jump into it. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you identify this need for corporate wellness and what personally inspired you to found Modern Health? Yeah, no, excited to, to share a little bit more with you guys. Um, and maybe I'll even start all the way from, you know, where, where I grew up, which was outside of Boston. I grew up in a town called Milton, which is uh, where I went to high school with Winston. And, um, you know, mental health has been close to home to me for a number of reasons. But uh, growing up, my dad had bladder cancer. And um, it was actually my first time seeing a therapist. I was during high school and it was super taboo. I used to remember like sneaking out of high school to go see a shrink and not telling anyone about it. And um, it just you know, I continue to think, why is, why is this thing that's having such a positive impact in my life um, so taboo and so stigmatized? And, you know, every family goes through, goes through different challenges and, and faces different adversity of their, you know, own version of what I shared. And I couldn't believe that this thing that had such a positive impact in my life was so taboo. So fast forward, I ended up going to Johns Hopkins where I was playing lacrosse. I was um, on a scholarship there for a division one sport and at least half the girls on my team struggled. Um, with depression, anxiety, I struggled with anxiety, and I couldn't believe that, you know, arguably one of the top medical environments in the world, that there was such a big focus on our physical health, but such a lack of focus on our mental health. We had coaches for everything you could imagine related to our physical health, weight training, running, nutrition, lifting, um, but nothing for our mental health. And girls would get so stressed out, it would impact their ability, you know, how they played, it would impact, you know, how they performed as, as students. And you know, we, we know that our mental health plays a big role in how we perform as, as, as students and athletes, let alone professionals. So I just couldn't believe that there was, you know, such a lack of focus on mental health. And so anyways, after that, I became fascinated by the mental health space. I, I ended up getting um, into meditation and, and mindfulness and, and actually ended up becoming a yoga instructor um, and just got really fascinated by, by the whole mental health space and, you know, how much taking care of our minds can do for our bodies and do for um, how we perform as, as students, uh, at, you know, athletes, professionals, and, and so on. And so I had always wanted to start a company. Um, and so I was told I had to move to this place called Silicon Valley that I knew very little about. And fun fact, you don't need to move here anymore to start a company, especially in this remote world. But um, I, was, I was working in DC at the time. This is about six years ago. And so I decided to book a one-way ticket here. And it was a complete disaster. Um, so I booked a one-way ticket to San Francisco. I showed up here and within two weeks of moving here, the apartment that I moved into flooded. So all every you know dollar I spent on my security deposit and my furniture was gone. Um, I lost my job and then my boyfriend at the time broke up with me. And you know, I laugh about it now and I can smile about it now, but I was really depressed. You know, I thought, why did I just uproot my whole life and move across the country where I have no family and friends out here? And um, you know, trying to think about starting a company when really I had no idea what I was doing. And it was in that moment where I decided, okay, I need to get support. I was feeling really low. Like, you know, should I just go back, move back home? Like, and, you know, live with my parents. And I felt so fortunate that that was even an option to me knowing that many people don't have that option. And so I ended up, I'll never forget this calling my parents and they were like, you got this, like you've built all this resilience. You're an athlete. Like you can do this, put one foot in front of the other. And so I ended up um, calling 30 different therapists and then one of them, agreed to a sliding scale rate that I could afford until I got a job. And I still see that person six plus years later. Um, but I tell this story because one of the things that I really learned through that experience was not just how difficult it is to find a therapist and get connected to support when you're going through a really tough time, 
but how important it is to feel not only like you have a sense of community and support when you are going through these challenges and everyone has their own version of the challenge I just, I just shared and, and facing that adversity throughout their life, but how do you feel like you can get support through it? Do you have a community you can lean on? Do you have family or friends or a coach or a therapist or even your colleagues or, or a team or some, some, some team or organization or community so that you don't feel alone, so that you have um, the, the support to be resilient? And I think a big part about mental health is proactively engaging in our mental health. So when these things do happen, because the reality is no one's life is perfect and we all face the challenges that I just shared in some version of that story. How do we get support through it? And how do we build up resilience to that in this world where um, life is, is hard, right? Everyone's life has their own challenges. And how do we make sure that we can continue to, to, to overcome the different challenges that we face, the different obstacles and learn from them and build resilience and continue to, to thrive? Um, so that was the big learning for me. That's what caused the light bulb to go off for me. And I ended up, you know, getting support from a therapist, kind of landing on my feet. I, I worked for a couple of different digital health companies before coming full circle and, and you know, getting ready to, to quit my job and take the plunge again and, and finally start Modern Health. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your personal narrative and, and for being open about some of the, the challenges you were facing and also the challenges to, to access the, the health care that you needed. Um, one thing you mentioned, and I, I love the parallel you drew between physical health and mental health, right? And a lot of times you think of um, proactively taking care of your body, proactively thinking about physical health. And um, because of the stigma associated with mental health, a lot of times people think about only getting mental health support in times of need. So when thinking about modern health, um, can you tell us how you can leverage modern health um, no matter where you are uh, in terms of being in a time of need versus just proactively making sure you're taking care of your mental health? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that because that's really one of the reasons we started and built Modern Health. And I think it's important to take a step back and look at the way that we live because the way that we live and the way that we work has changed so much over the last several decades. So think about the rate at which technology has advanced and civilization has progressed, even in the last two decades. I mean, not that long ago, we didn't have smartphones. We couldn't do Zoom like this. We didn't have computers and people worked nine to five and then they would go home and they didn't have laptops or, or smartphones where they were tethered to technology. So then think about the rate that humans have advanced and progressed, right? We look pretty much the same as we did hundreds, let alone thousands of years ago. And so if you think about the rate that technology has advanced and civilization has progressed, we as humans haven't actually created new neural pathways to keep up on a biological level. So what that means is in a way, technology is, is outpacing us. Civilization is advancing at a rate that we haven't been able to keep up with. Now there's so many amazing benefits from technology, right? That's why all of us are here and, and many of us are on this call today. We all, we have jobs from this, it creates opportunity. There's so many advancements now in science that have changed people's lives. And so there's all these benefits. So how can we live in a world where we continue to innovate like at the rate that we're innovating and get all those benefits while also taking care of our minds and making sure we as humans can keep up on a biological level? So that's the way that I would first think about mental health is how can we give ourselves the tools to be resilient to this world that we live in today where there's information overload with what's going on with the political environment, climate change, um, what's going on in the tech industry, right? Constant information overload and feeling tethered to te technology and, and candidly a way that we never have been before. So a big part about modern health and mental health overall is how can we take a much more proactive stance? So just like we know phys our physical health is important to you know, eat healthy, get outside, get some physical exercise when you can and, and, and take care of your physical health before you're in a really dire place, the same is true for your mental health. The hard thing about mental health is you can't see it. 
So with physical ailments, you might, maybe you get injured and it hurts and you can feel it, or maybe you gain weight, or maybe you, you know, your, your skin changes. You can kind of see or feel like, okay, now I'm motivated to make a change. Whereas with our mental health, it can, it can take months. And then all of a sudden you feel fatigue. You can't get out of bed. You feel depressed. You feel anxious when, when you're doing things that before you felt fine doing, and it can happen kind of slowly, but then all of a sudden you start to notice these effects. So that's why it's so important to take a much more proactive stance, not wait till something is really you're, you know, you're in a, in a tough place. And so the way that we, the analogy that we give is we think about mental health on the spectrum from green to red. So we all fall on that spectrum and it ebbs and flows at different points in our life. So you might be in the green and that's great, but you should still engage in your mental health, or you might be in the red and you might need support for a clinical reason. And that's also okay, but you should get support while you're in that bucket as well. No matter where you fall on that spectrum, it's equally important to engage in your mental health. And so one of the ways that we've built modern health is to make sure that everyone along that spectrum can engage. So what I would recommend to all of you, if you don't know where to start, an easy way to start is to download the app or go to desktop web, whichever you prefer. You take a quick assessment that helps identify where you fall on that spectrum from green to red. And then you let us know what your goals are. What do you wanna work on? Is it relationships? Are you dealing with financial stress? Whatever you're working on, will then personalize the experience for you. So maybe you're just getting started and just starting with meditation. And that might be the first thing you do. And maybe you try to meditate for three days in a row and see how that feels. And it could only be for three minutes, just carving out three minutes in your day. And you'll notice a big difference with just that little bit of time. Or maybe it's getting connected to a coach or maybe it's getting connected to a therapist. But we'll kind of give you instructions on where to start and then you can navigate from there. Um, but I would, I would strongly encourage if there's one thing that you take away from this, it's really to, to think about your mental health, to take a much more proactive stance with it. And that can be as little as doing a three minute meditation per day. I personally meditate every single day. It was, has been life-changing for me. Um, I do 20 minutes every single day and it really has changed my life. I'm way more grounded, way more centered. Um, things don't, don't bother me as much. I'm, I'm, you know, way better, way more patient in my relationships um, it's made a huge, huge impact in my life. So I, I highly recommend uh, for those who don't know where to start to, to start with a meditation. Yeah, I, I love that there's resources available no matter where you are, uh, green, yellow, or red. One thing, uh, when we got Modern Health, I was super excited and I signed up for the app immediately. And I love the like self-paced content that exists. To your point around meditation, mindfulness is something that I was really trying to practice and just taking five minutes to go through one of the mindfulness exercises just to, to be present in the moment um, is so, so powerful. So you touched on the meditation. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about the different components of modern health, depending on if you're in green, yellow, or red? I know there's the circles and coaching and therapists. Just tell us more about all of the different uh, resources that are available. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So big part about modern health is as you're navigating through the app and going through the experience is that you don't feel alone and it feels friendly and it feels like there's no taboo and that mental health and engaging in your mental health is, is normal and cool and something that everyone should, should prioritize. And so hopefully as you're going through the experience, you feel that it doesn't feel like this super taboo and stigmatized thing that is just for people in quote the red bucket, it's for everyone. And so as you're going through the experience um, through, through modern health, you can get access to everything from meditations, so you could do a meditation on sleep. Um, we actually just launched a, a new meditation, which is called the reset, which can guide you through week over week, how you can do things like slow down your breathing, focus on your relationships, think about your values. Um, when you wake up each day and you go to bed every night, like, how do you think about, did you live, live to, to honor your values and whatever those values may be? And it can kind of help um, realign some of the ways that you're living your life. And it's those little things that can actually make a really big impact over time. 
So um, there's an entire digital content library with meditations, with courses that are actually evidence-based to help with things like relationships, communication, career development, depression, anxiety. Um, you can also meet with a coach. So all of our coaches are trained. We've got a global network of coaches and therapists. And the cool thing about coaching is all of our coaches, we have mental health coaches who are trained in evidence-based techniques. And they're actually trained in things that therapists would do. So uh, CBT, ACT, these evidence-based techniques, and they're trained in things that therapists are not trained in. So they're trained in things like career development. So if you're going into having a tough conversation um, with your direct report, maybe to give feedback, and you're really anxious because you haven't given that direct feedback before, and you need some support to just talk through how to give that, because we know it's important to, to have constructive candor and give each other feedback. It helps each other grow. Sometimes it can be really hard to give. So meeting with a coach who's actually trained in that, it can help um, you know, give you exercises to calm you down in the moment and give you the, the confidence to empower you to, to give that direct feedback. That's how you can rely and benefit from a mental health coach. Um, whereas a therapist is truly uh, designed and educated to support folks struggling with clinical issues like depression, anxiety, and so forth. So if you are someone who's struggling in that bucket, a therapist is there to support you and you can get access to that through the app as well. Now we also recently launched and, and you know, would, would love for people to, to test this out if they haven't tried it before, um, what we call circles, which are these group led uh, uh, healing circles uh, to support folks and who can come, come, come together with, with other like-minded folks who might be struggling with similar things and heal in a really safe space. So you know, of everything from ongoing racial injustice, a safe space where people can talk about what it's like to heal through this, the struggles that they're faced with, and a place where, where they can talk openly and be vulnerable and be themselves and also learn from others. Some of these healing circles have been life-changing for people because they haven't had an opportunity to have that safe space before, um, especially in a work environment. So I, I strongly recommend those. So everything from what's going on in the political environment, you know, in response to the Capitol, that was some of our most attended um, uh, uh, circle sessions because people just needed to needed a place to vent and to, to heal and think about what's going on in their life and, and how this impacts them, but also by connecting with others in their community. So that's been an area where we've seen really, really positive responses. So I also recommend checking out a circles as well. Cool, cool. Well, I, I know, I'm sure people are saying this in the chat and I'm gonna say it like 10 more times in this conversation, but thank you. Like the, the fact that you have that many resources available to so many different people, depending on um, how they prefer to access help and what their unique needs are, like that's that's phenomenal and such a big leap from um, where we were at HubSpot before we even had Modern Health. So, well, and and thank you to HubSpot for making this investment. So, for those of you who don't know, Modern Health does cost money, um, and HubSpot has made a huge investment in offering this to every single employee and making it free for all of you. So they pay us and you know, that covers the cost, but we highly recommend that you guys take advantage of this benefit that they've made a huge investment in. And they've made this huge investment because they care about all of you as employees. There's, there's very few um, employers out there. You know, we're lucky to, to get to partner with many of the innovative companies like HubSpot, um, but it's really the companies like HubSpot that are paving the way for other companies who see what HubSpot's doing, see how much they care about their employees, and then are you know, adopters after they see a company like HubSpot have success with Modern Health. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Um, with the, you mentioned racial injustice, and I know that the past year with COVID-19 and racial injustice and many other things have impacted so many people and has brought mental health to the forefront of the conversation. So um, specifically on racial justice with the increased focus on that um, over the past year, like how have you made sure you incorporated culturally sensitive content into the platform? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. 
So I think it starts from creating a, an experience where people feel comfortable. It feels culturally sensitive and, and it understands the context of what people are going through. So if you just have an app that connects people to care, but doesn't also have the context of what's going on in their life and, you know, make sure that when they're, they're getting connected to care, that it understands that it can feel like a poor user experience. So we're always evolving the user experience to take into account what people are going through, what context is going on in the world that's important to note as they're getting connected to care so that when they do connect to a, a provider, that that provider has that context and incorporates that into their care plan. Um, it also has to do with how we build our provider network. Um, so over, I think it's now over 50% of the individuals who are, are leading our circles um, identify as BIPOC. And that's the nature of what some of these circles are designed to do, the types of groups that they're supporting. And so I think that speaks volumes because actually uh, less than 20% of the entire uh, therapy population of all therapists identifies as BIPOC. So it's really important to build a diverse network so that people can feel comfortable. They want to engage. They feel like the person that they're talking to understands what they're going through, right? Can res you know, what they say is resonating with that individual and having culturally sensitive care is, is equally, if not more important right now than having clinically effective care. Because if someone doesn't have that context and doesn't feel like the person that they're connecting to understands what they're going through or, or can connect in a way, well, then that person might not see the outcomes that they want to see because that's the first step is, do I feel comfortable in this group? Do I feel comfortable with this person I'm talking to? Do they truly get what I'm going through? Um, so that's been you know, you know, uh, the heart and center of the way that we've built our company. And I think, look, you know, DE&I is a, a, a huge focus for us is modern health. And I think it's, it's because it's in our DNA. Um, you know, so, you know, we're a female founded company and, you know, majority of our company is women. So 65% of our company identifies as female, over 50% of our leadership team is women and 20% of our company is Latinx or BIPOC. And so I think by having that in our DNA, it shows up in the product and make sure that people from, from all backgrounds um, feel comfortable when they're engaging in their mental health. And it is different for each individual and knowing that they can get support in a way where someone really understands them and what they're going through is, is crucial to the success of, you know, having a successful care plan where someone feels comfortable can get the support they need. Cool. Thank you for, for outlining that. I love that you're intentional about it in terms of the quality of service that you're providing, but I love that you also looped in your team uh, and the fact that your team is diverse and that you're thinking about this in the way you're building out your team to ensure that you're building the right types of products for for all people, um, not just a certain cohort of folks, which is really important. Um, speaking, speaking of gender, you brought that up. Um, back in February, you closed a $74 million Series D funding, which I believe makes you the fastest uh, female-founded company to reach unicorn status. Yeah, yes, it does. I, I gotta give you a round of applause to that. Um, so how have you gone about navigating breaking the mold of the you know, typical startup founder? Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough question. Um, and thank you for, for the, you know, the, the kind words, I think, um, look, I, well, I get to be the person up here sharing it. It truly is a team effort. You know, I, I can't take too much credit for it because it is the team. And I've been so lucky to work alongside such an incredible team at modern health who makes our mission, you know, come to life. Um, but I think for me personally, one of the things that I've learned over the past couple of years is, is truly just feeling comfortable being yourself. And I think that really resonates with the product we've built, the team we've built and being your authentic self. You know, when starting Modern Health, I don't have a technical background. You know, my background was, was more in sales and operations and product. And most founders out there, um, especially um, in the early days, it, it really helps to be technical. And so I was really worried because, you know, I'm not an engineer. And so how was I going to go convince investors 
to give us money when, you know, I'm, I'm not an engineer and, and that would be a big part of what we would need to, to outsource in the early days to get help or go, you know, convince investors that we could hire engineers. And I think it really comes down to, you know, showing up and being authentic and being yourself and having the confidence to know that if someone says no, that's okay. You're, you're going to keep going because you're so, you're so passionate about what you're doing. You're going to get it done. And so we, we got a ton of no's in the early days when first starting Modern Health. Um, many of those investors probably followed up later down the line trying to invest. Um, but I think it was a humbling experience knowing that um, at some point in your life, you kind of just have to bet on yourself and know that in the end, no matter what, how it works out or how it shakes out, um, betting on yourself and, and having the confidence in yourself that if you truly believe in something, that something will work out, something will come and will come together. And whether or not it's it's in your career, it's starting a company, it's you know following a passion that you're you know a hobby or a passion that you're really excited about. At some point, it's you have to just take a bet on yourself a little bit and know that um, you can trust yourself and 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 rely on yourself to to keep going even when you hear those no's. Um, but it's certainly a lot easier to do when you have a community around you, right? When you have that support, when you have an amazing team that um, you know has your back when things are tough and continue to push you um, and help you raise the bar. So I think that's one of the things that I've learned is you know showing up up to to meetings with investors and not trying to be someone I'm not and, and actually just like leaning into my strengths. So one of the things that I often say, especially to, to females in their career and women in their career is you don't need to pretend to be someone you're not. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, like let's get more women in STEM and all of that is great. I, I'm a huge proponent of that, but it's also awesome and okay if women are in marketing and sales and operations and people and all these other areas, if that's your strength, like that's awesome. Lean into that. That's what's going to make you, that's what's going to differentiate is leaning into your strength and not trying to be someone you're not. And I think that's one of the biggest learnings that I had over the last couple of years was it's okay. I'm actually not good at a ton of things and, and being open and honest about that and hiring great people around me who are a thousand times better at those different areas, um, whether it's product or engineering, you know, than I am, but really leaning into the areas where I am strong. So when I go into those meetings, I can feel confident because I know, okay, this is a strength of mine. So I can lean into this and I've got the confidence to speak to it. Um, so I would say leaning into your strengths and I'm not trying to feel like you need to be someone you're not, or, you know, fit into a box that you don't need to fit into. I, I love that. Believe in yourself, be who you are and keep pushing. sounds like you got a ton of no's and I can totally imagine now that you have a billion dollar valuation, valuation, a bunch of, uh, folks coming back. Wait, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. What phenomenal yeah. product you have? Let us in. Uh, and I'm sure you remember the fact that they said no at one point. So yeah. <laughs> use that as motivation. Um, so you're continuing to scale. You're continuing to grow rapidly, I'm sure. And you touched on this a little bit, but as founder and CEO of the company, how do you prioritize your wellness and take care of your mental health? It's hard. Um, it's hard. I think you know, my, my own mental health ebbs and flows. There's moments where I feel like really grounded and really present. And then there's weeks where I'm super stressed out and there's so many things going on. And I have to remind myself that, Hey, I'm working and leading a mental health company. So if we're not practicing what we preach, then, you know, what's the point. And I'll, I'll share a little story here. Cause I think it's relevant. So when, when um, COVID hit and uh, demand for our services were increasing drastically as, as everyone can imagine, you know, mental health issues were increasing. And the demand for mental health support has never been so high. And I was basically like, you know, when, when all this started to happen and we, we switched to fully remote, we were probably a month in. And I basically gave this, gave this kind of rallying uh, cry to my team. Like, this is our Super Bowl. Like, this is our moment. This is our time to um, put everyone first and take care of all the people that need us. There's so many people out there who need access to mental health care. 
and we can bring that to them. So like, this is our moment to shine. This is our moment to be there for everyone who needs us and to put them first. Um, one of our values is people first and people first can be our own team. It can be putting yourself first. It can be making sure you take care of each other. It can also be putting our, our users first and making sure that they can get the care they need. And everyone was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're, yeah, like, let's do this. I was like, let's go 110%. Like we got this. This is our, this is our opportunity. And probably six weeks from that, I remember staring at my computer. I was trying to write, I had been on zoom from like 8am to 6pm straight. I could barely see straight anymore. I was staring at my computer and trying to write no joke, a four sentence email for probably 45 minutes. And I was like, is something going on here? Like <laughs> what, what is happening? Like we've all so been I, there. I, yeah, we've all been there. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm feeling burnout. Like I'm someone who has always had a ton of energy, you know, gets out of bed in the morning, so excited to tackle our mission and, and like so pumped to come to work every morning, knowing we get to help so many people. And I just felt truly like true burnout. Like I didn't even have the motivation to finish that email. So I just shut my computer. I think it was like 3 PM on a Wednesday. I went for a run to clear my head. And I was, I thought back to that, you know, rallying cry I gave to the team of going 110%. And I was like, going 110% is impossible. Like we need to also take care of ourselves in order to scale our company and support others and make sure that, you know, we can take care of others in the long run and have a sustainable team over here. And so I came back and I, after my run, I, I wrote this like really long Slack message to the company. And I was like, for one, I'm sorry. Like I, I know I said we need to go 110% and now I'm realizing that's unrealistic. Like we can't do that. We need to take care of ourselves. It's very similar to how on an airplane, you put your own face mask on first and then you put it on to the person next to you. We need to take care of ourselves and our own mental health in order to take care of others. And so we really changed the way we were operating. We went from let's have flexible schedules, especially for parents, um, the, the heroes out there who have had kids home about childcare for the past year and a half. Um, you know, they're juggling two jobs, they're juggling work, they're, they're juggling work, and they're juggling the job of taking care of their kids. And so everything from okay, for folks who, um, for parents who are home right now, let's try to have flexible meetings, whether or not it means meet after their kids go to bed at 7 or 8pm or in the morning, and, you know, just have more flexibility around that. It meant um, offering mental health days so that people could have, you know, a uh, forced time off to really reset and reboot. We, we just did one, um, the other week and we're, we're doing another one in May to really, and I saw you guys are doing that in July as well. Um, yes. for some of us, we have to force that time off to really separate and reset and give our, our brain and our mind, you know, time to time to heal so that we can come back energized, um, and, uh, refreshed. And so it was doing things like that. We invested in, um, benefits, uh, additional mental health benefits, um, really increasing our, our overall mental health stipend for everyone, all of the employees at modern health. We off offered a, a, a childcare stipend to, to help parents during this time. So we just started to, to look at things a little bit differently and it almost took, you know, that, that almost two months of, okay, let's go all out. This is our opportunity to help so many people too. Well, wait a second. We're a mental health company. It's an interesting dichotomy here, but we need to take care of ourselves first in order to take care of others. Um, and it really has, you know, changed how our company has evolved and actually it has, it, it is working. It's allowed us to scale faster. It's allowing us to have a much more sustainable team. So I think we are a good case study of, you know, really prioritizing our own mental health as a mental health company is actually a lot allowing us to grow faster because um, of the effects it has and the impacts it has on making sure people feel supported, are excited to come to work and feel like they've got the energy to be productive um, and also feel like they can take the time off when they need to as well. Yeah. Yeah. I truly, truly believe in that as well. And, and burnout is, it's such a real topic right now. I'm happy you, you called out at HubSpot, even through the latest um, net promoter score survey that we did. 
uh, burnout, burnout was a really big topic and we addressed it by giving everyone a week off in July and doing no internal meeting Fridays. But um, you mentioned some of the things that you're doing at Modern Health, but I know you're also having conversations with HR leaders um, throughout the globe. So is there anything else that's innovative that you've seen companies doing to address burnout one? Um, and then two, when you think about burnout and the Modern Health platform, um, how do you recommend leveraging Modern Health to address burnout? Yeah, it's a great question. So on the first piece, I mean, you guys are doing all the right things. I think some of the things you just mentioned, Winston, are, are actually ahead of the curve and definitely, you know, some forced time off and mental health days, because I think a lot of us, especially when we're working from home and our computers and our phones are next to where we live and sleep and eat, it's hard to turn off. So by really enforcing some time where people can disconnect, it actually can, can when you come back to work, you have more creativity, you're going to be more productive. So sometimes it feels like, well, wait a second, I'm getting behind because I'm you know, taking time to reset, but it actually makes a big difference in the long run and, and is going to increase your productivity and ultimately increase the success of the whole team and the whole company. So it is important to do those things. The other thing I would add is around, um, just around for, for leaders and, and managers, really leading with vulnerability and transparency and being open and, and honest about what's happening in the world and having those conversations. I think everything that's going, been going on um, BLM with, with the AAPI uh, uh, community, just everything that's been going on. There's companies out there that, that don't address that. They just, people show up to work and these things that are happening in their personal life, it impacts how people show up to work. So companies need to realize that we can no longer tell employees to compartmentalize what's going on in their personal life, what's happening in the world, what's happening with the political environment. Oh, but just show up to work and you know open your laptop and just forget about everything else that has a very emotional response for a lot of us. It's, it really does. And so I think it's really important that we now as leaders lean into that and address that and say, hey, we know that this is going on in your life and we're here for you. And if you need time to, to, to step back and, and you know, um, uh, heal and, and get support for, for what you're going through, like we're here for you. And I think it's really important that leaders start to address that instead of turning a, a blind eye and hoping that you know, what's going on in, in someone's personal life or in the world, they can just compartmentalize that and show up to work because it's, it's not true. And especially in this way where we're, we're more connected through technology than ever before with the news, with social media, it's impossible. It is actually from a, a biological perspective, it's impossible for people to show up and just forget about what's going on in their life. So I think what leaders can do is address that and be open. And it goes, it can go so far to just acknowledge what's going on in someone's life and say, I'm here for you. I know you're struggling. I know this is really tough. Let me know if there's anything I can do to support you, or here's the resources we have for you. And just having that open dialogue. Um, and I think that means everything from one-on-ones to team meetings, to checking in with each other. I think at the end of the day, we are humans and what actually drives humans and happiness is authentic connection with others. And in this world where, where everyone's remote, yeah, someone just said having empathy is key. Empathy is key. And having empathy with the person, um, you know, the screen in front of you and, and knowing that they've got so much going on in their life too. And so asking them about it and, and saying that you're there to support them. And I think having more open conversations about um, what, what each other is going through and what's going on in the world and knowing that like, hey, in this world where we're remote and, and it's looking like, you know, hybrid world is, is really the way of the future, remote world, you know, people in offices, but it seems very unlikely like in the office every day. So really continuing to have that human connection because at the end of the day, um, when you, you know, when you finish work or finish the week, like what, what do you feel good about? You feel good about the connections you had with people on your team, with the impact that you're making. And that often is 
because of the humans that you're working with. And so just a reminder for all managers and leaders and really for everyone out there to continue to foster those human connections. Take time when you join, when you start your meetings to check in, how's everyone doing? How was your weekend? Let's go around and I'll share something we did this weekend just to get to know each other on a personal level or in your one-on-one, hey, I recognize you know, what's happening in the world right now and that this is um, uh, you know, likely having a huge impact on you and how you're feeling and how you're showing up to work. Is there anything else I can do to support you? Can't, do you want me to, to be here to listen? So it's those little things that can go a long way that I think outside of you know, the ma- mandatory mental health days, the flexible schedules, the no meeting days, is really just showing up and, and being there for each other as humans and you know, reminding ourselves why we're here and, and reconnecting with each other on that level. Yes, yes, there are so many sound bites in what you just said, but um, encouraging leaders, encouraging managers, encouraging each other to show up and um, be aware that people bring things from outside of work to work uh, and ask, how are you feeling? Is there anything I can do to help? Those, those sound bites are really critical to make sure that folks can open up and everyone has unique needs uh, and it's up to leaders and managers to address those. So. A uh, couple more questions, and then I also want to get to some questions from the audience. And we have a bunch that have been dropped in. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to drop them into the chat, um, and we'll make sure we get to as many as possible. But it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and over the last few years, mental health continues to be destigmatized. But I think we still have a long way to go to ensure we're having open and honest conversations about our mental health. So, how do you recommend companies and individuals on this call play a part in destigmatizing mental health? So really the first is by prioritizing your own mental health. And so that would be, you know, I guess this is an easy plug for using modern health and taking advantage of the benefit. The more people that proactively take care of their own mental health, the more we're going to change the dialogue around making people feel comfortable, no matter where they fall on that spectrum, right? If we go back to that spectrum from green to red, we want everyone to feel comfortable engaging in their mental health. And what you can do to help change that that conversation and help destigmatize it is engage in, in it yourself. So it's kind of goes back to that face mask example, but the more that we proactively take care of ourselves and share the benefits and show people that, hey, by meditating every day and it has a huge impact on my life, uh, you know, I recommend if you're open to it, you you try that out. Um, And here's a benefit called modern health that that makes it easy for you to try that out. Um, That really helps to destigmatize it. And I think, you know, there's a fine line between wanting to, to be helpful and supportive, but also making sure someone gets professional help. So for folks out there who, who want to be supportive but don't really know where to start, that's why having a, a, a benefit like Modern Health can be such a big help because you can guide your employees, you can guide your team members to that type of solution in a way that doesn't have, is not stigmatized. It's, hey, again, no matter where you fall on that spectrum from green to red, we should all engage in our mental health. So here's a, an awesome benefit for you to get started. Um, that will really help change the conversation and help remove the stigma. And I think it's also being open about the benefits that you might have experienced firsthand. So I'm very vocal, you know, personally about I meditate, I have a a mental health coach, um, I have an executive coach, and I have a therapist. And I feel very, very fortunate that I'm in a position to have all of those things. And I would not be standing here today uh, without the support of all of of those things. They play a huge role in my life. Um, But I'm open about it. And I'm honest about it. Because um, I think that you know, it's important to call out that everyone struggles in some way or another and everyone has challenges. And so we can all get support. We can all improve. We can all be, um, have more empathy. We can all show up with more gratitude. We can all be a little bit better at listening. So I think that um, being open about the, the benefits that you, you might've seen as an individual when you do engage in your own mental health can really help destigmatize and change the conversation. 
All right, so I'm gonna jump into a few questions from the group and we have a, a varying uh, list of questions here. So I'll just read them from the list. This is a good one uh, and something I'm curious about as well. And I'm sure you're talking about a lot internally, but how do you ensure the quality of coaching and therapy as you continue to scale? Yeah, it's a great question and is a, a top priority for us. Um, so we've got an entire provider network team that is dedicated to this. Um, so everything from the type of providers that we that we um, vet, that we onboard, and then the on, ongoing quality control of our provider network, we're proud to share that we have a 4.95 out of five-star rating of our providers, um, which shows that we're continuing to, to onboard and curate really, really high-quality providers. But one thing I would say here that's really interesting is not only is it important to have high-quality providers that are clinically effective and can drive outcomes, but is that culturally sensitive piece. So that's, that's really the next, so, you know, clinically effective and, and people having a great experience with the provider is, is, is somewhat table stakes um, in this day and age in this industry. The next piece that we're really focused on is that cultural, cult, being culturally sensitive to understanding what's going on in that person's life. Can that person relate to the person that they're talking to? Do they trust that person? Does that person understand what that person's going through? And is what they're saying resonating with the other person? So that's a big focus for us is, is in addition to quality control is culturally sensitive. Can they really relate to that other person? And are we building a diverse network of folks that can get connected to people that they feel comfortable talking to? Um, so I had a question about the differences between coaching and therapy, which is a good one. So how, how do you define coaching and what's the scope of, of things that people should discuss with a coach through the Modern Health app? Yeah, great question. So the way that I would think about coaches are mental health coaches are trained in techniques that therapists are trained in. So that's the evidence-based techniques like CBT act. These are techniques that licensed clinicians are trained in. They're trained in that, but then they're also trained in areas like career development, uh, professional relationships, um, personal relationships. So maybe you're going through a difficult breakup and you want someone to talk to. So the beauty of mental health coaches is um, they can actually cover a wider spectrum than therapists. Therapists are very much for people in the clinical bucket. They're trained in that. They're actually not trained in the additional trainings that coaches have in these other areas like career development. So if you were struggling with, let's say, depression and um, also wanted to have a conversation around your career development, you might meet with a therapist to, to tackle depression or you might meet with uh, and you might meet with a coach to talk about your career development. Now, maybe you're struggling with um, mild anxiety and you also want to have a conversation about relationships that a mental health coach could support you in because they're trained in those evidence-based techniques and are actually trained to drive outcomes equally, if not sometimes more effective than a therapist um, with things like mild anxiety, but they also solve, solve for those other areas in your life that are relatable. So it depends where you fall in that spectrum. So think of it as if I'm talking about anything outside of some a clinical mental health issue, a mental health coach can be really valuable. If I'm talking about um, you know, struggling with depression or OCD or bipolar, I'm more likely to get connected to a therapist and then also meet with a coach to talk about those other things. Okay, great. Thank you. And I love the, the holistic approach of coaches being able to support in so many different areas, depending on on what your needs are. Uh, a question about you and leveraging modern health. Do you have a favorite feature or offering that is in modern health? Oh, it's a great question. Um, all of the above. Um, no, seriously. I mean, I, I have my therapist and my coach, you know, obviously all of this is through modern health, <clears throat> excuse me, but I think also meditation plays a really big role in my life. Um, I never meditated before um, getting into the mental health space. And it was one of the things that my therapist recommended. 
And now if I don't meditate a certain day, like I notice a really big impact. And so I love our meditation library. Um, I, it's, I'm a, a big um, fan of it and an avid user of it. So I would definitely say, um, well, of course my, my therapist and coach play a big role in my life. Um, I take advantage of, of our meditation app quite frequently. Um, so circles, people are really interested in, in the concept of circles and the different topics that you focus the circles around. Um, do you have future plans to expand the topics of circles? And if so, do you have some ideas of what those topics will be? Yeah, totally. And we actually just, um, I think it was announced today. I'm like, I don't want to speak too soon here, but I think it came out today that we were an honoree um, by Fast Company for World Changing Ideas for Circles. Um, and I think like over 6,000 people applied for the world changing idea in the healthcare space. And, um, we were an honoree for the, for circles as one of the, the most innovative, um, and world changing ideas. So super excited and humbled by that. Um, we want, we launched circles when the pandemic hit and we've just continued to evolve. And I think one of the things that we're learning is as we're seeing what's going on in the world, um, making sure that we're being proactive, but also reactive in the moment quickly and creating a safe space for people to come together with other folks in the community where they feel comfortable, you know, working through what's going on in their life. So um, if you guys have ideas on, on circles that you'd be interested in coming together as, as a group, um, we would love to hear, but we're going to continue to evolve this and make sure that we're taking in the context of what's going on in people's lives and making sure we're creating that safe space. So it really is topical based on what's going on in the world. And I think outside of that, it's making sure that um, different groups, underrepresented groups have a safe space to heal. So whether it's Latinx, BIPOC, um, the Asian and Pacific Islander community, um, women, parents, making sure all these folks have, have a safe space where they can come together as a community and, and feel like they can you know, be heard and, and also you know, hear other stories and, and share that vulnerability. So confidentiality is a question that someone asked. So what level of confidentiality is expected using modern health in terms of how information is collected and reported? Yeah, great question. Um, so this is table stakes. I would think of it similar to your health plan. It's all completely confidential, completely anonymous. None of your data would ever be shared with, with anyone whatsoever. The only thing that we share back to an employer is insights around their workforce. So we might say, hey, X percent of your company is registered or X percent is utilizing the product, or hey, people are really seeing value in um, the meditations or coaching or therapy, or here's the different topics that we're really seeing high engagement. So maybe it's around relationships or maybe financial stress. And sometimes it actually helps us um, drive additional engagement. So maybe we see, oh, wow, financial stress is a topic people are really wanting to lean into. Let's do a circles around that. Let's get a financial uh, a professional to come in and talk about that. So it's giving those types of insights, but everyone's, it's similar to a health plan. Everyone's data is completely confidential, completely anonymous, and, and would never be shared with anyone. Okay, great. Thank you for, for answering that. Um, so in closing, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and I'd love to know any advice you have for all of us on this call to support, what's the one thing we can do to support our mental health during Mental Health, health Awareness Month? Oh man, that's a tough one. I think I would say, honestly, showing up with, with, um, with gratitude and kind of coming back to what you were saying about connecting with others on the more personal and, and human level and kind of coming back to um, in this world that we're living in today, if we're not feeling connected and you know, we're not enjoying the, the journey, then what's the point? And so I think part of what we try to practice within modern health and, and preach to the customers we work with is having that reminder of gratitude so that when you show up to your next meeting, you're not just going through the motion and getting to the end of the day and, you know, oh, then you get to the next one. But 
getting to know each other as individuals, like rem remembering why we're here and, and rebuilding those communities that we had before technology existed and now finding a way to incorporate those in the world that, that we're in. And that sense of community and that sense of connection and that sense of gratitude will not only help destigmatize mental health because it just opens up a conversation and allows all of us to be more vulnerable, um, but really will you know, change the way that we operate as society and, and help all of us you know, feel more resilient to what's going on in our lives and feel more connected. Um, and every single person can play a role in that. Um, just the same way of climate change, everyone can play a role. Everyone can play a role in, in the mental health of our entire society and our workforce. And that, that starts with how we show up and showing up with that gratitude and being vulnerable and, and empathetic and um, feeling that, that desire to connect with each other. Yeah, and gratitude fills your cup. I remember hearing that from the resilience courses that the more gratitude you share, the more energy you have yourself. Um, so that's a great reminder and something that we will take with us throughout this month and throughout um, the rest of the year. So Allison, first, I wanna thank you so much for sharing your insights with everyone here. Um, it was an amazing conversation. There's so much to learn. I'm sure we can continue on for hours if we wanted to, but I know you're a busy person and you have a lot to get back to. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank cool. you so thank much. You, Allison. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone.